Hello and welcome to the Ormo Baths podcast, uh, where we talk about all things startups, uh, entrepreneurship, and uh, other cool stuff that's going on here in the Ormo Baths in Belfast. My name is Simon Ross, and I'm here today with probably the person who is the first face you'll see if you are coming into Ormo Baths at any given time, Lisa Donaldson, who's the general manager here. So, uh, Lisa, we're just going to have a chat today, a, a bit about you and a bit about the baths, and um, I, I guess find out, you know your perspective on things having been in the role for a, a while now. Tell us a bit about what your job actually is. Oh well. Um, well like I say, first of all it's it's about people. It's I am probably the first face you're gonna see when you come here. So um it's really important that you're welcomed to this space. And to me this is very much a community space. So and a, a building that everybody knows in the city. Um, so when you come here, I want you to know that you're welcome and that you have the right to be in this building as much as I do. So that's part of the first thing I would say about it. After that, it's whatever needs done in this house. What's, what's, <laughs> not, what's not my job, is that? <laughs> so there are times where I have been uh, rolling up my sleeves and rolling up my trousers when we've had leaks. Um, it's a very old building and it takes a lot of work. Um, and then there's... It's strange because you could be running from that to go into a meeting with managers right across the city. So it really is that very. But um, but there's a, a format to it as well. I'll always take the first hour of the day to make sure that my house is in order. So I literally walk around this house and make sure, is everybody here? Are they comfortable? Have we got what we need? Um, are the lights working? Are the doors all working? You know, is it safe? But also, is the Wi-Fi up? You know, can people just crack on with their day? And once I know that everybody else is happy, and even little things like is the kitchen in order, which the guys will always give me a hard time about, because I really, <laughs> I always make sure the kitchen is clean. But what I want is that anybody that comes through the door, that they see the place the way I see it, and you know that they love it, they want to be here, and that they can do really the best work that they're going to do. They can just crack on and nothing's going to interrupt them. So that's my first hour. It's about making their life easy so they can get on with doing whatever innovative stuff that they it are really doing. In some ways, you know, you're not, I'm not the help. I'm not invisible. <laughs> I'm very much not invisible or silent. But um, but in some ways, you are that service where, you know, people are giving up a lot of their time and really putting their lives on hold if I'm totally honest about it to go and create this business and it's my job to make sure that they can do that and some of that means that I'm working behind the scenes to support them and some of it means that I'm very much involved with them so it's a bit of a mixture it is very general yeah so um give us uh, give me a sense so, you know you're talking about uh, there as well as all that you know, making sure the place runs smoothly. Yeah. You are you are a sounding board, you're a person that you know you're involved with some of these these companies as well. Yeah. What, what's your what's your own background? How did how did you come to be um this in this in this role? Well, um my background I suppose is really um, well I you know I, I I studied business at university um and then I got involved in um, digital arts and the tech community. Um, 
<laughs> actually through a whole load of little roads that eventually ended up in this place. But I did, I was freelancing for a time. I was involved with multimedia and web design and later animation. But I also, also have a lot of experience in administration and business processes as well. So, um, so it's the coming together of those two things, I suppose, has led me to be involved in the tech community in Belfast. Um, and because of that, I have a pretty good insight into some of what these guys do. Mm. I mean, we obviously have, I think we've got about 45 companies in here at the minute. Wow. Um, and, and, and if everybody was in at the same time, there's close to about 150 people in this one. So, you know, I'm not an expert by any means on what a lot of these guys do, but I do have some insight into the tech community and what it is to start up a business mm. because I've done both of those. I've been involved in, in that. I call that combination of business administration and digital arts, I suppose, that puts you actually is pretty perfect uh, yeah. kind of combo for this it place. Is, it's strange, actually, because I did, I never thought, you know, I never, I didn't plan to, to be in this place at this time. And it was actually an accident that I heard about this job being available. So I was trying to get um, an event space. I heard that there was a lovely event space in this building and I came to visit and ask, could we use this lovely event space for a women who code meeting? Or a women in tech, maybe it was. And uh, and I heard that this, you know, don't 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 book anything with this yet because um, we're going to, we may have a new general manager. And I had fallen so much in love with the space as it is now, with it just meeting Lisa Bailey and getting a wee tour for that, that I just said, oh, stop the bus. What? <laughs> I, really, are you looking for a new general manager? You know, and we'd love to do that. So yeah, so it, it was really quite an accident, but it just seemed to me on that day that I had done so much community work with the tech community and trying to build the community that when I saw these guys in this building, it was an extension of what I was already doing. Mm -hmm. um, it do does mean that I have to step back from a lot of the technical side of what I was doing before, but the community element, it was exactly what I was already doing, but it had four walls mm. and they were very nice walls. <laughs> so, so exp some, what are some of those other things that you have been involved in, continue to be involved in? You mentioned women in tech, women in code. Um, What's been your involvement with those things? Well, Women in, women Who Code uh, would probably be the first group that I got involved with in Belfast. Um, I had been living away and, and traveling quite a lot. I came home to have my daughter and, um, and I had become really focused at that point on working in uh, multimedia. Um, so I had moved, I had a decision to make, as everybody who's involved in multimedia will tell you. Um, it's a jack of all trades. And it's um, it, 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 you're yeah you're moved from multimedia today, and especially with web design, you are half design and then you're half script and code, you know, front end. And so I had to make a decision of where I wanted to go, whether I wanted to become a developer completely mm. or a designer completely. And it was a real tough choice because I actually really enjoyed both. Right. But for me to go and freelance, coming back to Northern Ireland and want to just start up and get further into design, I needed to get either more involved with other designers or more developers. 
And I didn't know where to start, but I stumbled on this meetup of women who code. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and meet some developers. So that's what I did. I wanted to go out and meet developers. And I was quite shy. I didn't know anything about the tech scene here in Northern Ireland at all. Um, and and so it, it was just the first place that I started. And it was I was really fortunate in that because actually the people that I met through Women Who Code have become my really fast friends. Um, so it was a lovely way to be reintroduced to Northern Ireland as well um, and extend your old friendships, you know, people mm-hmm. from Northern Ireland. So, yeah, so it was absolutely lovely. So I did, I got involved with them um, for very selfish reasons. But um, as my daughter grew, I, I realised, you know, I would really love her to get involved in some code clubs or something as well. So I asked what was going on out there, did anybody know of anything? And I actually find that we were quite limited in what actually yeah. is happening out there. So uh, <laughs> Claire Brown, who's the director of Women Who Code in Belfast, asked, well, would you do something with that yourself? So I said, yeah, absolutely, let's go, and we'll find out. So I spent a long time mapping out there to find out what actually is going on for the kids as far as tech and design is involved in. And, uh, and I've done that ever since. And along the way, then I also supported Women Who Code then as a city lead and I became more involved in not just trying to encourage children into tech, but also trying to encourage women into tech. Right. So that became a real big focus for a while. I can see that sort of, um, you know, as a parent, um, that actually the interest, you know, the, how, how do I get my kids into this? Because, you yeah. know, this stuff is, you know, the future. And I yeah. think everyone is, as there seems to be a lot of realisation of that, but that realisation hasn't really made its way through or maybe it is a bit more now I don't know made its way through to what is available to you know for our kids to learn yeah I think I think things are becoming it's become becoming more manifest mm-hmm. but I think um, in some way there's there's two ways I look at this the whole thing about it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. but it absolutely does so it takes a lot of effort in the background to really get something up and running, to get a club up and running. Um, so there is a lot of noise. So you'll hear of a lot of things that you think are happening. But then when you really look further into it, um, it's quite restricted and um, there's not as much as there probably should be. So that's one thing that I definitely want to change ahead and get more involved in helping that change. Is that just that those kind of clubs or things that exist, um, or programs that they're they're just sort of really introductory, they don't kind of carry on or what's, what's, what well, do you think is the limitation at the moment? Yeah, I think this is a really big problem that we have. I think because everybody correctly knows that tech is really important and, and you know, look, that has to be said in the context of you, not everybody has to go and learn technology and, and if they, if, even if we do give children the opportunity to learn technology, not every child needs to learn programming. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it's a good thing, but it's not an absolute thing. But we do want to give them exposure to it. But because everybody has kind of got on board with that, what we're seeing is that there are lots and lots of different initiatives and projects happening but they don't have longevity so you will see groups go into a school and for a term they'll do this project or so on and so forth and there's been a lot of money as well has been pushed you know by different agencies i would say um towards that 
My concern with that is that we are not, there is nothing with longevity there. Well, that's not true. There are some things like Code Club, Coder Dojo as well, which is fantastic. Farsight have been running one for ages. Queen's University also run one. I think originally it was Belfast Men, I'm not sure. But the Queen's I know do the bit of the Raspberry Jam. Code Club has been running for years. And there are literally hundreds of them in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. In saying that, they also recognise that we need to have something that is going to give the children really deep roots. Yeah. So it should start at a young age, but it needs to continue. But what we're seeing uh, in the wider education sphere, tech education sphere, is that um, we have a lot of initiatives and they are um, getting funding to go and do something. But I don't really see where that is leading to. So one of the things that I would be involved with is the Tech Education Network, who I would like to see them try and uh, bring all these different initiatives together, at least to speak with each other, Mm -hmm. so that parents know what's going on, teachers know what's going on, what they can use, and, and to try and unite extracurricular clubs and activities and encourage more of them and more volunteers in them with the formal education as well mm. so that we become a little bit more of a pipeline yeah. and, and then we can feed um, the children in the right direction to get a good solid education and ultimately employment if that's what they want to do. Well, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it, it, there's there's that disconnect, isn't there, between some of those, uh, whether it's indigenous companies or the big kind of FDI employers that are coming in. They're all they all need the people, and they're all competing for the same people already. So yeah. you know, the next generation is hugely important. Oh, but hugely important. I mean, we're always hearing there is a shortfall of people in tech, and right across STEM in the UK, I think. I think it's something like where every year there are 40,000 jobs not filled in the UK. Wow. So it's huge. It's a huge problem. Yeah. The other thing you, you, you mentioned there, we, we sort of went and we talked, talked really about the, the, uh, the children, the, the youth stuff, um, was, was uh, getting women into tech. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, again, we, you would hear a lot of talk of that things have started to change, but what, what are you, what's your sort of uh, view on? On where we where we are with that, you know. Well, I, it makes me hugely happy to be to be involved at this time as a woman who's involved in tech. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, because there are so many networks now that are growing mm-hmm. and becoming stronger. So we have fantastic groups. We have women in tech, women who code, women tech space, tech women tech makers conference. So there are different groups coming, and Jango girls as well. Um, and even wider groups through the Lean In movement as well. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely blossomed as well. Ultimately, it's not... <laughs> I'm personally, I don't think anybody's looking for world domination. <laughs> but we're, we're looking for women to feel really confident about yeah. taking up roles in tech. And that takes... Again, it's a village effort. It takes a lot of change. It's a we, self-perpetuating thing, though. I imagine, isn't it? With more, the more women who are in those roles, it, it becomes you know you have yeah. you have role models, you have um, a culture maybe that changes that from when the days when it was ninety five percent guys. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's it's probably a number of things that need to come together it, to keep it moving in that absolutely. direction. Absolutely, you've, you've got it. It's got it's got to be a meeting. It's got to be a meeting between. We've got to see legislative changes. We've got to see culture changes in organisations, and we've got to see um, females 
um, have, be exposed to understanding that um, you don't have to be this perfect genius in order to work in tech. It's not at all about that. It's a lot. It's a lot of failure, and even yeah. for coders, it's a fifty percent of their time is spent debugging problems and failures. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you know you don't have to be this perfect model citizen or anything, but it's a fun environment to be in, um, and it's exciting because. We are seeing that we are making progress in that area in diversity, and it's not, you know, it's not a, it's it's important that we really dispel myths about this. There are a lot of myths around there that you know it's not a field for women to get into, or that you know you're it's positive um, discrimination if you employ more females and things like that. But you know, there was a girl, a Dr. Sue Black, um, started a campaign to save Bletchley. Park, yeah, which was where the code breakers were based, um, um, and during and they were going to scrap the area and we we did it. But when when she looked at it, the um, she found that out of ten thousand people that worked there, five thousand were women. This so was in World War Two, and this is during World War Two, right? So you know, I mean, I I would be amazed if you went into any place, any tech environment now, where there were fifty percent female employees. Yes. I think Flex are doing pretty well over there, but that's the only one that I know of. But you know, it's very, very rare, um, and yet it was the norm. Or before the eighties in America, you know, you look at it, there were there was over forty percent diversity amongst women, and of course. The whole IBM you yeah. know, early programming. So you know we know that there are no rules. There is no no magic number that we have to f- get to, and that if we get to this number, it's because we're slaving away at getting to it. It's just a culture change. And so, how much is that linked to the stuff you're talking about with skills and making those kind of careers appealing um, across the board, and not just becoming, you know, not just being yeah. the sort of traditional view it's uh, it's the geeks it's the boys club it's that kind of thing you know it's it's absolutely that it's making sure that girls know you know this is it's it doesn't matter being a girl or being a boy doesn't matter we do see diversity in primary age when i'm in the primary schools i see uh, the kids don't have they they don't they don't have really any bias at that point so it's a fairly even steven situation and that's wonderful to see but then at the, when they become teenagers it falls away but yeah, you're really trying to just show them that anybody can be this this thing. So yeah, it's a it's a constant work. We're gonna always probably well we're not always, but we're we're definitely for a generation or two, we're still gonna have to reinforce the idea. You can see it to be a type of thing where we show there are female technologists and it's fine to be that. But also we we have to work with a lot of different education areas so we really need to bring in the arts and make stem expand the steam and you know and there's a there's actually a backlash going on at the minute where a lot of people are saying well stem is a bad thing it should be steam and it's not a one or other Mm. situation to me it's just an everything stem is wonderful and exciting and anybody who doesn't think science is exciting you're missing a big part of life because it's (laughs) wonderful you know, but but we do need to incorporate the arts more in the areas that we do know girls are already interested in and show them how tech is relevant to that area. Yeah. Um, I suppose you're in, a, in the right place to see sort of some of that innovation that's happening now that you're thinking, you know, these guys who are, you know, coming through, yeah. this is the sort of stuff they could, they can do. And we're already, you know, yeah. seeing some you know, young people, whether it's men or women, creating some really cool stuff here yeah it's a, it's an it is an expansion of the same thing very much so i mean we have 
As far as tech goes in the oil and gas, we have some fantastic women, and um, and you know, and they they're they're reckoning out there. They're just you know they're champions and they're wonderful people. Um, but right across the board, irrespective of gender, I could say the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, okay, we do want we do want women, especially, to know that those women are there. But we very much just want people to know yeah. that those people are there. And for Northern Ireland itself, I mean, it is quite a, in my opinion, it's quite a humble place, mm-hmm. and it doesn't tend to shout about its achievements very much. And I think that would be one thing that I would very much like to achieve and change here in our culture. Even, you know... What do you think would be the benefit of that, though? Well, you know, I want people outside of Northern Ireland. People in Northern Ireland know what's going on in Mm -hmm. Northern Ireland, right? But people outside Northern Ireland don't, you know, and we've got to change their their perception of us um, and let them know that, you know, we're not denying, you know, that things like the troubles happened or that we still have problems or any of that. But it's just, that's not really, um, it's not going to define us and it's not going to hold us back. Mm. And there's so much more going on here. And I constantly hear, you know, when people come over, yeah, all, we, we, we have visitors a lot. And, you know, when they come over, they just say, wow, I had no idea Belfast was like this. You hear it all the time. And the more visitors that we're getting to Northern Ireland, I think everybody's hearing more. It's time to say, okay, well, Let's show. If, if people don't know who you are, then they're going to make their own perception. Yeah. So it's really important that you show them who you are instead. You talk about visitors there. One of the things the Ormond Bass has been pretty amazing at in its first year is the events and the amount of people you've had through. Just give us a sense of what that has been like. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's crazy busy. <laughs> <laughs> It's lovely. I mean, it's it's good fun and it's wonderful to see. Um, we do have we have the a, a nice event space there, mm-hmm. and as I say, this is a community building, so we get a lot of people asking for different events to be put on. From <laughs> some are crazy and some, <laughs> some are wonderful. Let's say um, you have you have some that are very much uh, related to tech industry, the startup world, yeah. and then you have some that are completely nothing. Yeah, they're completely, yeah, they're just, you know, they're just completely strange to me, but um, but they're wonderful events. They make me worry about my walls and whether <laughs> not the building's going to be intact afterwards, but it's been fantastic. And I think we've had something like about 16,000, something around that, thousands and thousands in the first year. It's especially, I mean, I really love the tech meetup community. I think the tech meetup community in Belfast has been a phenomenon. You know, it's something that nobody um, owns and that everybody can be part of. And in Belfast alone, I think we've got something like over 70 of these different meetup groups in one city. So, you know, I don't want everything to be Belfast centric, but that's where I am. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so for me, it's lovely to see these groups come in and to know that you can learn and you know that it's it's sharing knowledge amongst anybody who wants to go and find out about AI or SQL or whatever it is, you know. So yeah, it's good. So I get I like being able to sit in on them, and uh, and they keep me alive on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. All the your benefits of the pizza. Well, yeah, that's that 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 fits the stereotype of uh, of tech world. But it's a good. If anything's going to be as you think it's going to be, then the pizza should be should be that thing. They like, said, so what's next? What do you? I mean, you you what would you like to see 
this place become or evolve to or you know is there you know changes or things that you would like to have Ormobas associate with you know some of those things that you're saying you know, it's a long-term journey that we're, yeah. we're doing I think um, for the year ahead now that we're entering into the second year I, th- I think you know we, we have plans to you know do everything bigger and better and keep going with with what is working and it's working that we're building this community so I think I would like to extend that more now for youth for me personally I would love to see more events happen that encourage the young ones in um I love that it seems to me where we're going has been there's a huge spectrum of tech and where we would have a lot of um uh, the background back end tech mm-hmm. going on now we're also moving in with the creatives there seems to be a lot of interest coming from creative industries towards the Arm of and I, I love that we're actually right, moving right across the whole spectrum of tech brings your two worlds to it does, together it, you know it's a, yeah again it's very selfish <laughs> <laughs> but I love that yeah and yeah so yeah, I definitely love that and also to be able to move further out into the community as well and keep encouraging people to use the space I think it's really important I know I said earlier you know that we have these four walls and that that's lovely but of course the idea for the Ormo Bass is that we help startups and that they grow and eventually they will move beyond what we can do mm-hmm. for them physically in this space but I really want to make sure that we continue to have that sense of community when those people leave mm-hmm. here. And so I can say, hey, you know, I know a guy, I know a woman, and it, keep those introductions going. Mm-hmm. And Belfast is a, is a small place. I think it's blossoming and vibrant, but it's also um, a, a, a blossoming community in and of itself yeah. in Northern Ireland as well. So to keep those networks still going is only helpful ahead. So that's my goal. Mm-hmm.